Hi, I'm Juliet, the almost ordained rabbi. Just four weeks to go. I'm in the countdown. So in Judaism, there are we, we read a Parsha every week. We read a Torah reading every week, and we talk about it. We analyze it. We tell stories about it, stories on top of stories. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing here every week. RealRabbi.com, RealRabbiNYC.com. Don't forget the NYC and don't put a the at the beginning. You can read more about me on my website. If you want spiritual direction, uh, a rabbi to do anything you want, whatever that is, what is spiritual direction? You're not sure. You have no idea. You've never heard of it. Go to my website and read about it. RealRabbiNYC.com. Keeping it real. Yeah, that's what I do. I keep things real. I, that's my, that's my motto. So let's get on with it. Today's show, Vayishlach, and he sent. Again, this week, angels are all over this story. Uh, Jacob is on his way home. Finally, after decades of living as a kind of refu- as a kind of fugitive, refugee, yeah, refugee, fugitive. I mean, yes and no. He was kind of trapped. Um, but he fled from home to escape the wrath of his twin brother Esau and he's done terrible things if you listened last week if you know the Torah then you know this not only did he take his brother's birthright he also stole the blessing that his father meant to give his brother Esau and despite these things God has been with him he's protected him and he's become a very wealthy man with two wives and many children, 11 children. I think that's the number. And while Jacob is manipulated by his uncle Laban, he also has lived his life by guile to the very end of his time in his uncle's house. So, you know, you kind of see Laban, you're reading about it and you're like, oh my God, what a horrible guy Laban is. He's mistreating Yaakov so badly, taking advantage of him. But Jacob's not, Jacob's not innocent. And yes, despite this, God is with him. God protects him. Which last week I talked about um, how, you know, even when we are, we are imperfect beings. And the message here is that God loves us no matter what. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do I want to say Jesus loves us? Well, Jesus is the son of God, according to Christianity. So, okay, sure. Why not? (laughs) Jesus loves us too. Uh, Not meaning to offend anyone there. I'm just, yeah, don't take it seriously. Don't take me too seriously, but I do think about Jesus. Okay. There's a description of this complicated sort of sorcery that Jacob performs in order to breed and gain the better livestock from his uncle at the very end. So that ultimately yeah, Jacob leaves an even wealthier man at the very end than he already has become. And despite being such a big shot, he's afraid. He will be seeing his brother again, and he knows not what to expect. Is Esau still angry? Will he be violent? The way Torah describes things, we can imagine that Jacob is shaking in his pants. He sends gifts ahead to appease Esau. Um, and it says he sent the, so the Parsha starts with Vayishlach, 
Yaakov Malachim Lefanav El Esav. He sent messengers, Malachim are messengers. They're also, it's also the word for angels um, ahead of them and ahead of him. Although here they really are messengers. But, you know, it begs the question. Hmm, I wonder. I mean, Abraham, not Abraham, Isaac sends messengers. Uh, am I getting confused? Who sends messengers? Who sends angels? Ugh, I, sorry, my brain is not. It's the end of the day. I'm tired. I'm trying to get this out. Keeping it real. Okay. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanav Elisav. And in addition... So he sends these messengers ahead. And then in addition, as a precaution, he divides up his possessions. He has this very large caravan and he divides it into two camps so that in case Esau attacks, he won't lose everything. And then then in the the night, he's left alone after making several trips to see his wives and children cross the river safely. Torah tells us that he wrestled with a man all night until, until dawn. Vayvater Yaakov levado, and he was left alone. Vayavek ish imo ad alot hashachar, until the sun came up, until the, the morning, the dawn came. We don't know if this ish, meaning man, which is also often interchangeable in our scriptural scripture with angel, is a man, is an angel, or even maybe a demon, because. Interestingly, although it doesn't translate this way, but if we, in the Torah we don't look at they don't translate it this way, but if we look at the word meaning wrestle, it also means demon. And he, the man, the demon, saw that he couldn't prevail, so he struck Jacob in the hollow part of his thigh, that's the socket and dislocated or alienated. I love that, that it can be translated as alienated. Jacob's thigh in his wrestling with him. The Hebrew is, Vayar ki lo yacholo. He couldn't overcome him. He couldn't, he wasn't stronger than him. Vayiga bechaf yerecho vateka kaf yerech Yaakov so he, he dislocates his thigh. He alienates it. And finally, that, that why am I saying alienate? It's an important word. Keep it in mind because I'm going to bring it up again later. So finally, as dawn is breaking, the angel or demon or whatever he is cries out to Jacob and he says, let me go. The dawn is breaking. ki to which Jacob answers, I'll only let you go if you bless me, which is a kind of a, it's kind of a strange little thing to say that. Like, I'm only going to let you, lo berachtani. The angel demon asks Jacob's name, and in reply, he changes it. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, or heel clinger, because that's the real meaning of the word Yaakov, of the name, because you have wrestled with Israel and divine beings, Elohim, and men slash angels. You've wrestled with both Israel and divine beings and with men or angels, and you endured, you were able. 
ויאמר לו יעקב, יאמר עוד שמך, כי אם ישראל, כי שרית עם אלוהים ועם אנשים, ותוכל. So, לא יעקב יאמר, you will no longer be, your name shall no longer be יעקב. So what does this mean that Jacob wrestled with Israel? That's a kind of a strange thing, right? Jacob's new name, Israel, the word Israel actually translates into God prevails, or more commonly we say God wrestler. But here it's saying that God, that Jacob is wrestling with God who always prevails. And that makes Jacob a God wrestler. That's my explanation. Or my, yeah. So I just thought that language was really interesting. And then Jacob called the place Peniel, facing God. Sometimes, uh, yeah, Penuel. Here it's Peniel, facing God. Because because I have seen divine beings face to face, and my soul, my life was saved. Soul, nefesh, is our life, is our, is is the, is the, there are different levels according to Judaism, according to the mystical tradition of the soul. And the most concrete part of the soul is your life, is, is the part that we live every day. It's our lower soul. Not to put it down. No pun intended. Vayikra Yaakov Shem HaMakom Peniel Ki ra'iti Elohim panim el panim and my soul was saved. And the sun rose up upon him, the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping on his hip. Then Jacob looks up and sees Esau coming. What is the meaning of all this wrestling and blessing and wounding all with the same angel or demon? And why does the angel give Jacob a new name as a blessing? How is that a blessing? Only to have God tell him the same exact thing just a few verses later. So I want to tell you about this beautiful midrash that I that's a, that's a story told by the rabbis, sometimes of old, in this case it is an old Midrash, um, as retold by Rami Shapiro in his book, The Angelic Way. It's, um, yeah, a Midrash is a story told to explain things in the Bible that are left out, like details that we don't understand. Like the question that I brought to you before, why does he, why, why give him this blessing of a new name when God is about to do that a couple of verses later? It makes no sense. And doesn't God know about this? Well, I don't know that this midrash explains his God's not knowing when God is supposed to know everything. That always comes to my mind, but we'll put that aside for a minute. And I'm going to tell you this midrash. So the angel. With whom God, uh, with whom Jacob wrestles, is none other than the archangel Michael, Michael, and God comes to stop him, and he says, "Why are you trying to kill Jacob?" And Michael answers, 
Because one with a blemish cannot serve you as a priest, only I can serve you. Michael, Michael is reiterating a law stated in the Torah repeatedly about the requirement that priests and the animals they sacrifice be unblemished. Just to clarify that little tidbit there. But God answers, Michael, you are my priest in heaven, and Jacob is my priest on earth. Heal him, fix him now. And so Michael calls his minions and He especially calls Raphael the angel, the archangel of healing. But Raphael can only keep Jacob alive. He can't remove his wound. This is important. Shapiro explains that the true concern for Michael was that Jacob was trying to usurp the angelic role. Instead of blessing Jacob as requested, Michael instead said instead already, Michael tells Jacob a little secret that soon he will be getting a new name. This explains the conundrum in the Torah of why God would come soon after to tell Jacob about his name change. So it's like, okay, so he told him a secret. So what's the concern about a human usurping the angelic role? Why is that a concern? The answer lies in the fact that, as, as Rami Shapiro says, The ego-centered mind cannot do without the angelic capacity, nor can the angelic do without the human. This is on page 68. This is all page 68 to 70. If you have the book, if you want to get the book, great book. So angels are God messengers. They're helpers. They're healers for humans. And I'm going to repeat that that line before, that the ego-centered mind, mind cannot do without the angelic capacity, nor can the angelic do without the human. They need each other. So angels are God's messengers, they're helpers, they're healers for humans. And Shapiro says, the rabbis are reflecting the same insight revealed in the Bible. The point is to look through the angelic and divine lenses of knowing back to the human so as to reveal humankind for what it is, a microcosm of the divine, the image and likeness of God, as it says in Genesis 1.26. Until now, Jacob has been living his whole life as a heel clinger, first for the birthright, then for his father's blessing, then for Laban's daughters, and finally for his most valuable sheep. Now, as Israel, he's ready for transformation, to become a caretaker of the people that is named after him. Remember that his mother, Rebecca, knew somehow that he was supposed to be the one to carry on the tradition, to bring our God forward to the people, Israel, for whom he is named or for whom the people are named after him, right? So, why? How do we know that he's meant to to become a caretaker? Because, Shapiro explains, to be Israel means one who is wounded. That one is a wounded warrior. One who, the Bible tells us, walks not at the pace of the warrior, but at the pace of the nurturer, a slow pace, matching those of the cattle and the children. 
in Genesis 33, 13 to 14. The Torah tells us right there in those lines that Jacob walked, Israel walked at the pace of the cattle and the children. This is what he says to Esau. He says, I, I, you go on ahead after they've met. Oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself. But he ends up walking at the pace. He's like, no, I got to go slow. So Shapiro goes on to explain that as humans, we are not made to be more but less not to play God and lord, over, lord it over others, but to be God, one of compassion in the immediacy of our humanity. This is why Michael must serve Israel, the awakened human soul, and not Jacob, the unseeing, ego-centered mind. Such a transformation, Rami Shapiro says, can only happen when we, like Jacob, overcome our aloneness, our alienation. Remember, I was going to bring that word back again. The alienation of his hip, our alienation. It is our narrow-mindedness as humans that keeps us believing that we are separate from God and everyone and everything around us. Those who have lived their lives with guile are afraid to face themselves. The truth may be too difficult. This is me talking now. Even when we think that we've lived an honest life, there are times when we lie to ourselves. When we don't want to face the truth about whatever it is that we may have done or whatever truth there is out there, when we feel alienated and separate... We grasp for things that we think give our life meaning, like the wealth we may accumulate, great or small, the things, right? The things that we hold on to. When in fact, all that matters is being connected to others and to God. Not being aware of our connectedness to all, which manifests itself through our connection to each other and to the earth. Have you ever been in nature and just wanted to cry at the beauty of it? Or had a moment of being with other people that you haven't seen in a long time and just, or, or a memory comes to you of seeing people that you haven't seen and that you love and you just want to cry because you're so connected to them, that's that connectedness. That's what's important. Whether we're we're running from or we're wrestling with demons or not, transformation can only happen when when we face the demons, when we face ourselves. When Jacob finally sees his brother, Despite his fear and his woundedness, the moment is full of relief. It's one of those moments because Esau couldn't be happier to see his brother. Esau runs to Jacob and he falls on his neck, kissing him, and together they weep. Fear vanishes just as the illusion that he and his brother are separate also vanishes. It's only now that Jacob can stop grasping and clinging to things that have no importance in the real truth of life. 
To be human is to be wounded. It's our woundedness. To be Israel is to be wounded. To be human is to be wounded. It is our woundedness that leads to wisdom and enlightenment. So instead of running from or resenting our wounds, we can use them for their potential to help us transform. My blessing for this week is, I guess, kind of the same as last week. May we stop running. May we face our demons, wrestle with them, and continue our deep work of letting go of the egoic self that gives us the illusion of separateness. And with this, may we find healing and say amen. And good Shabbos. And go to my website, realrabbinyc.com. So nice being with you here. And I'll see you next week.